Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. Dear JCPS is a district-focused stakeholder advocacy group that demands accountability and transparency from JCPS through a lens of equity. Save Our Schools Kentucky is a statewide advocacy group that seeks to expose and prevent attempts to privatize our public schools, including charter schools and everything else from the ALEC playbook. Hello, everybody. This is Gay Adelman, and it is Thursday, November 19th, 2020, and I'm excited to bring you this week's episode, uh, which is mostly just going to be excerpts from Tuesday night's presentation that uh, Dr. Polio and the board and staff made to the public regarding the proposed student assignment plan. And uh, that forum uh, is available in its entirety on the JCPS YouTube channel. Um, But we have taken uh, the two-hour meeting and condensed it down to 59 minutes so that uh, you can hear the highlights and the most important pieces. We weren't able to include all of the question and answer at the end, and so what we may do is come back next week and delve more deeply into the questions that the community had uh, and highlight them uh, even further. But for this week's uh, program... Uh, sit back and relax and listen to the conversations that took place, the presentation from Dr. Polio, as well as uh, the questions that were asked from the representatives who were able to participate in Tuesday night's forum. And uh, if you have any questions that you would like for us to continue to keep on the radar, uh, you can contact us at moderator at DearJCPS.com. Just send us an email to M-O-D-E-R-A-T-O-R at DearJCPS.com. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, tune in to the community forum uh, on student assignment. Thank you. We're glad that you can be here for our Your Schools, Your Choice public forum here this evening. Tonight, you'll hear from families about how important choice is when deciding where their student goes to school and how expanding popular magnet programs in schools could truly be a real benefit for our community. At this time, I would like to introduce Dr. Polio, who will detail the proposal. Dr. Polio? Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Renee. Throughout, Throughout this, this process, process, this task force performed perform multiple, multiple reefs on, on our current student, student assignment, assignment plan, plan, including each part of the student assignment plan and the whole plan itself. And what was clear through uh, the committee and the task force was that our current student assignment plan is not racially equitable. Um, And so we have an old system in place right now that does not provide choice to all students. Only certain students in our community get choice, and that is racially inequitable. So last year, the Student Assignment Review Advisory Committee took a closer look at some of the challenges in our current plan, and they came up with the following recommendations. First, centralizing the lottery system for magnet schools to provide more transparency for families. Next, replicating our popular magnet schools and programs to offer more opportunities for students. And you will see later on as we talk about this proposal, the more opportunities that students have to pick a school based upon their interest will increase student belonging. And so replicating these magnets and making them more diverse will do that eliminating school-based initiated exits from magnet schools and programs. 
setting diversity targets and goals for our magnet schools and programs. This is critical that we increase diversity in our magnet schools and our programs throughout all of the district. And then finally, our dual reside plan for middle and high school students in West Louisville. So I wanna start by talking about our dual reside plan um, and our plan to expand magnet programs and schools in JCPS. I believe if a student wants to be in a school, if they feel they are raising their hand, their, their family is raising their hand and says, I wanna to go to a school for a particular reason, a particular program, um, they are going to be more successful because it is going to increase student belonging. And so here are some stories from some of our families and about why they think these proposals are important for students in JCPS. There's a common theme we hear from some families across Jefferson County Public Schools. It's a message of choice from those who like having it and those who are still seeking it. Hello, my name is Desmond Prince. Um, my son's name is Desmond Prince Jr. He go to Ferdale High School. It's stressful because if he missed the bus, I gotta take him way out there. It's, it's pretty far and I gotta make it back to work at the same time. So it's just pretty stressful. And I just, I would like for him to have an option. Like, you know what I mean? Or at least for me to have an option. Prince and his son, Desmond Jr., live in West Louisville. Desmond's assigned middle school was Carruthers in J-Town, about 20 miles away. His assigned high school is Fairdale, 12 miles away from his home. Two schools on opposite ends of town and both are at least 10 miles away from his home. He wasn't able to progress to high school with his same peers from middle school because Carruthers doesn't naturally feed into Fairdale. For Desmond, there was no other option. We met the Prince family while spending a few afternoons in West Louisville, listening to stories just like this. This is the only part of our community where some families don't have the option to attend a middle or high school close to home. The Parker family told us a similar story. Uh, my name is Zula Bailey Parker. I have two twin boys that go to Stewart Academy, Joshua Parker and Jeremiah Parker. I'm Jeremiah Parker, I'm 13, and I go to Stewart Academy. I'm Joshua Parker, I'm 13, and I go to Stewart Academy. In this family, choice means one thing. Freedom, I mean, I think we all should have a, cho a choice as far as schooling. I don't think it's right for kids to go further, way further out when you, they can go closer to home. You know, so yes, as for, as to me, it's freedom. They can see the academy at Shawnee from their front porch, but they're assigned to Stewart Academy, 13 miles away. Jeremiah wants to go to school closer to home. His brother Joshua, though, has another idea. I like going to school far out because I, I like the ride of the bus. I like the ride. It really is all about choice and providing even more to students in JCPS, especially when it comes to magnet schools and magnet programs. Hello, my name is Akshita Sriramuju and I'm in fifth grade and I go to Brandeis. I think there should be more schools like this in JCPS because like in math and science, we learn a bunch of cool, interesting things. Popular programs like STEAM at Brandeis. STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. And Performing Arts at Lincoln. My name is Amy Schuster. I'm the parent of Maxon Schuster, who's a fourth grader at Lincoln Elementary Performing Arts School. He has opportunities that I would have never dreamed of having. One of the things that really stuck with me is when we were going through the process of trying to get into Lincoln, I think they had 70 open spots for kindergarten and 700 applications. 
So clearly there was a huge interest um, in folks being part of a program like this. And we feel so grateful that we were chosen to be a part of it. And if we could replicate this model <laughs> in other places across the district, I think that would be amazing. There could be more magnet schools like these across the district under this new proposal, affording families another choice. While the JCPS school choice plan has several elements, we hear our families and we're listening. Choice matters. Thank you very much. And now as we um, turn back to the presentation and the details of this proposal, um, I'm proud to work with a team of uh, board members are, who are so committed um, to working and being bold decision makers about everything we do. Um, and also I would like to thank those that are joining us um, as uh, panelists today. And so we have parents, a student, a principal, a representative from the NAACP, the Louisville Urban League, and the Kentucky Alliance Against Racial and Political Repression. Thank you all for being here and you will hear from them once we conclude uh, the proposal. Um, and then you will be introduced to them as they ask questions of us um, when we conclude the program. And so tonight's proposal is not just about student assignment. Really it's not, it's more about ensuring what we have been committed to in this district for many years, which is choice for students. And unfortunately, all too often, predominantly our students in West Louisville, specifically the 6,000 middle and high school students that we have identified have lacked choice since 1984. The elementary proposal and school assignment plan has changed multiple times since 1976. The only time the middle and high school plan changed was in 1984. And that was at the time when every other student in our community, whether that be East Louisville, Southeast Louisville, South Louisville, or Southwest Louisville, or Central Louisville, um, and the Highlands and many other neighborhoods could all go to a middle school or high school close to their home or choose a school outside of their community. But from 1984 on, the only students who have not had that choice are students in West Louisville. And we believe specifically that, and this task force has believed that that has created inequities um, but this plan tonight is just not about choice. It's also about resourcing our schools appropriately. I've made this quote several times in the past month, but I think it is critical for tonight's presentation, um, which is by Dr. Ibram Kendi. And I believe this thoroughly. For students who have the least amount of resources in their homes, they need to have the most amount of resources in their schools. And that should be exponential. And I believe that, and that's what this plan is about not only ensuring choice, but that we also have the supports that students need, which include building new schools, which includes making sure we have the best teachers and leaders in our schools um, throughout this community, but specifically in our high need schools, having great programming, having summer learning opportunities for every single student, um, having great labs, um, technology, all of these areas are things we're gonna be talking about tonight. And specifically, as we moved in over the past six months, I've really had a passion and learned a lot about student assignment and the history of student assignment going all the way back to 1956 and Brown versus Board of Education. And I would encourage anyone that is listening, um, a great way to read and get historical perspective of the student assignment plan in JCPS 
is to read from Brown to Meredith by, Tracy, by Dr. Tracy E.K. Meyer, a University of Louisville professor who wrote about the history of student assignments specifically in Jefferson County from 1955 to 2007. And I gained such historical perspective about that. And we know over the past five decades um, how important student assignment and specifically desegregation has been to this community. But I also believe we have to focus in on what is right at this time to support our students. And today I pulled two quotes from um, African-American leaders in our community that said these things a decade ago. Um, and so I would like to read these as we begin the, the presentation. The first one came from Dr. Kevin Cosby as he is quoted throughout this book. Um, the president of Simmons College of Kentucky um, and St. Stephen's Church here in the West End of Louisville. And I called him today to ask him to make sure it was okay to share this quote. That's from straight from Dr. Tracy E.K. Meyer's book. Dr. Cosby led a group called Quest. And in 2011, Dr. Cosby, they, this is what was said. Dr. Cosby and others point out the contemporary lack of facilities and human resources in the West End to sustain the sort of schools that they both envisioned. In part, the problem was that schools had been closed and would need to be rebuilt. The group in the end calls not for a return to neighborhood schools, but for choice, a sense of ownership of the schools in black neighborhoods and a guarantee of equitable distribution of resources. And so I wanna repeat that last line again. In the, the group in the end is not calling for a return to neighborhood schools, but for a choice, a sense of ownership of the schools in black neighborhoods and a guarantee of an equitable distribution of resources. Equitable does not mean equal. Equitable means giving students what they need to be successful and this, that's what this plan will do. And then one more quote from a leader in the black community for many years at the same time, Miss Maddie Jones said the following, I wanna go back home, but when I go back home, I want quality. I don't want that old, and excuse me, this is her quote, I don't want that old bull jive separate but equal again. I want it equal all the way. And so these were comments made from leaders a decade ago. And I think this is what this plan is bringing you tonight. And so we would like to start our plan by looking at the Your Schools, Your Choice, JCPS School Choice Proposal and Support Plan that will ensure that every student in our community has choice and not just some students. And so first of all, I would like to thank our committee members who have worked um, since the beginning of 2018 on this plan. Some of them are still with us. Some of them have moved to new positions. But as you can see, this is a, a, a thorough group of professionals, of parents, of community members, of teachers who have worked on this team. I'll pull, pause for a second so everyone can see the variety of folks um, that worked on this committee tirelessly over the past couple of years. So first of all, our school choice proposal updates, and I wanna reiterate this first of all. This is in draft form. So we want your feedback. We want to continue to gather feedback. We know collecting feedback has been difficult in the era of COVID-19. So we would much rather be right here right now in Stewart Auditorium with a uh, full auditorium or in one of our schools, Central High School's auditorium, where we could get feedback. But we know that's just not possible. And it really hasn't been possible, as we all know, since March, because we got to err on the side of safety first and foremost. So we are doing everything we can, but we want your input 
Um, we will do a work session with our board on December 1st, get their feedback. Uh, we can make any changes or adjustments to the proposal at that time. So this is once again, our draft at this point as we move forward. So first of all, let's look at our challenges that we have when we are talking about our middle and high school choices that you saw in the video uh, pretty clearly. So we have no choice for many West Louisville middle and high school students. So I wanna be clear about this. Our West End and our Louisville middle and high school students can apply for a magnet school and they can be accepted to a magnet school. But if they are not accepted to a magnet school or program, then they are the only students in the city that have to leave their community and it's not their choice. We have small disconnected zones. So as the principal of J-Town and the principal of DOS, we had four disconnected zones. So it was very difficult as a school community to connect to one area of West Louisville and have parent-teacher conference nights, um, to have um, tutoring, to have parent engagement and all of those things because it was spread out over disconnected zones. I think one of the things we found that is the most um, uh, problematic of them all are the 50 different feeder patterns. So you saw an example of a young man um, who had to go to Carithers Middle School and Fairdale High School. So our, our kids from West Louisville between middle and high are going to 50 different feeder patterns. They're not having the opportunity to go to the same school in the community. So if they make connections and friends, um, or they're in a program at a middle school that aligns with the high school, many of them are not even able to access that program and have to go to a different community within this city, which we know makes barriers for family engagement after school activities and athletics, and quite candidly, attendance challenges. If a student from West Louisville is going 25 miles away, they miss the bus, it's gonna be very challenging for them uh, to make it to school and that's completely understandable and and in the end what it does more than anything i believe is it reduces student belonging so i want to be clear about this we want our students in west louisville to still have the choice to leave their community they will be guaranteed that choice we are not taking away that choice but we are offering a, a option close to home just like every other family in jefferson county receives and so this is our recommendation for our dual resides option. So even if we took out the dual reside option, we believe that by just aligning the satellites between middle and high school and making them closer to the school, which we are doing here, will make such a difference in student belonging. But not only now will they have that option to be aligned between the middle and high school, as you can see, they will also have a second option to go close to home. And so that will require us to have a new West Louisville Middle School. And I wanna repeat this, we have not built a new middle or high school in West Louisville since 1952, before Brown versus Board of Education was the last investment in a middle or high school. And then I've talked many times, as you know, I'm very proud that we are renovating the Academy at Shawnee. That building has had a condemned third floor since 1981 with declining uh, enrollment each and every year. And we know that to be true, not because necessarily what the school has done, they have fantastic teachers and a principal down there, but the student assignment plan and a condemned third floor has contributed to that. I'm proud to say we're putting $45 million to, to end that and correct that error. 
We have guaranteed choice at either school. So I want to repeat this. We are not saying neighborhood school. We are giving guaranteed choice at either school um, to every uh, parent and student that is going to middle or high school in this area of town. Our goal is to ensure that every single student and family struggles with the choice because they have two great, great choices, plus with our magnet programs, increased um, opportunities for magnets. And so they have multiple choices now where many of them only have one. We will phase it in with sixth and ninth grade, and then we're gonna connect it to our support plan. And I'm so excited to say that um, it looks pretty clear that we will be getting the additional revenue, that $54 million. So this support plan tonight will be for the new Louisville West Middle School and the Academy at Shawnee. But we believe now we will be able to expand it to all of our AIS schools, which we are very excited about. And so some of the recommendations, students would have those two options. They now have an aligned option if they leave the neighborhood with their peers from middle to high school. Uh, so we have a student tonight that goes to Camerer Middle School, those students would be automatically going to Ballard High School or they would have the opportunity to stay close to home. So they have that opportunity to participate in after school activities and athletics. It becomes a family choice. Do we wanna leave the community or do we wanna stay at home? And we are giving this choice because for the last 36 years, our families in West Louisville had not had that choice. And we have a much ease of understanding for our families to engage in that choice as well. Also, we are digging into our magnets as well. And I think we have had multiple audits of our magnets and reports of our magnets over the past decade. And they have said the same thing nearly in each and every one of these reports to our board. We have limited access for students of color to our magnet. We have limited seats for engaging programs. So. You know, I'll use Lincoln Elementary as an example, who turns down three to 400 students a year because students want in that Lincoln Performing Arts program. We have inconsistent quality across magnet schools and programs. We know for our families, it's difficult to navigate many times the admissions process. And sometimes families that don't have the same social capital as others um, navigate that maybe uh, at a later date and it excludes them from the admissions process which we want to eliminate. We have a lack of a centralized lottery. So it is very unclear for families how you are successfully navigating that or how you get into a magnet. And then we believe removal of students by school initiated exits is an equity issue uh, that we must eliminate. And our um, task force has been very clear about that from the very beginning. So our recommendation about our magnet and optional choices, first of all, this includes our new magnets that we want to create. Establish a centralized lottery uh, so families know exactly where they fall when it comes to the lottery system. End the school-initiated student exit so we won't have school-initiated exits anymore. I believe this every school. When a student is accepted into that school, that school then, that becomes their student to ensure that they're successful, provide the interventions that they need. I believe we need to set diversity targets and goals for our, all of our magnets so they reflect our student population. I've said this just a while back, replicate our popular magnets and new interest-based magnets. We need to add five new magnets that are very diverse from students from all areas of town. So that's where we get true diversity is when we have families selecting that and we'll see diversity in those magnets. 
and then shift the open enrollment and the transfer process. Many people don't know this, but I found the open enrollment and transfer processes were established many years ago, right after Brown versus Board of Education to ensure that white students uh, could opt out of going to school with black students. And so open enrollment and the transfer process are things we need to be clear about eliminating the open enrollment. I'm passionate about that and being clear that the transfer process is equitable for every family in our district. So benefits, we're gonna increase transparency and ease of understanding. We're gonna work hard to ensure all of our families have the chance uh, to understand clearly what choices they have and what our magnets are and they can apply to those magnets in a timely fashion and we can have very diverse magnets. Decision-making about leaving a school stays with the family. And then we're gonna have school diversity data to create goals and action plans to ensure all of our magnet schools and programs represent and reflect our district's population. That is so critical to the success of our magnets. And so our proposed timeline, um, as you can see, it, this is go, we, what we will do, we're having this um, session tonight, this town hall meeting tonight. We will be having our board meeting um, with a work session, not a vote, but a work session at our next board meeting where we will dig into it with our board members. We will take stock after that point and decide where we go forward um, and when we will take a vote on this. But at some point, our board will approve a proposal. This year, uh, the coming year, if approved, we would end school initiated magnet exit. We would set diversity targets and goals for our magnet schools and begin the centralized lottery. Beginning in 21-22, um, depending on when we pass this, we would have a dual resides offered on the application. We know it's late in the process now, so that would be difficult the, the longer we go down the road and it might begin in 22, 23. We'll explore replicating popular magnets. That's when we wanna start the process of having five new magnet schools um, and start these interest-based magnets. 22, 23, as I said, would begin that first year of dual resides. So it's on the application in 21, 22. We begin it in 22, 23 with sixth and ninth graders. And then we continue on with our new magnets through 23, 24 for full implementation. But the most important part I believe, as I said before, is that we resource our schools properly. So we have the ability to resource the choice schools that I've just talked about, our middle school and our high school in West Louisville. But the exciting part about this is, as our board boldly said, we want $12 million a year in our new revenue to go to high need schools. And so we will be able to extend this support plan to all of our CSI schools. So this is exciting work uh, that we will be working on right now to go beyond these two schools. But with this plan, this is identified in the two schools, which will give families the opportunities for two great school options. One in West Louisville, if that's what they choose to do. And then a, one outside of their community that is clearly aligned between middle and high school. So our academic experience in both of these schools, first of all, we want new and expanded career pathways. We want our Academies of Louisville program has been a huge success in our high schools. We want the Academy at Shawnee to be the flagship of the Academies of Louisville, the number one Academies of Louisville school and taking that down into the Explore programs with our middle school. So all of the middle school students who choose to stay at the local school, they will be able to explore opportunities at all the high schools 
but also align with the Academy at Shawnee. And we are going to have early post-secondary learning opportunities. And you will see in a bit a partnership with the University of Louisville where students can leave both the middle school and the high school with uh, college credit, dual credit directly to the University of Louisville. And the exciting news uh, that we are hearing um, around Evolve 502 that every single student that is in high school right now, classes 21 through 24, have a two-year scholarship to JCTC plus a two-year scholarship to U of L once they graduate JCTC or Simmons College of Kentucky. It's such exciting news. Smaller class size, both of these schools will be funded on 24 to one when most of our other schools are funded at 28 to one. So we will be providing them more funding for smaller class size. As a part of this, we want one-to-one -one technology, not just a device, but access to the internet as well when they go home. So every student will have that when they're a part of these schools. More inclusive curriculum offering. So we will expand the curriculum um, to reflect the community that it is serving. An important part of this, we want extended learning opportunities. We want extended learning opportunities in the summer where we pay teachers to come in. Students have uh, exciting and engaging learning opportunities in the summertime, on winter break, after school, um, and on the weekends. And we also believe with our new work with Evolve 502 around our learning hubs, this is something we want to continue on after COVID-19. So we're having a, a great deal of additional learning opportunities for kids in the community. Hold on. We'll go back one, please. I'm sorry. Robust extracurricular activities. So music programs, art programs, um, we know that with a very small high school at the Academy at Shawnee, many of these extracurricular programs become difficult because there's not enough students. We will change that. And then having mentoring and advocacy programs throughout the school. We also want non-academic supports in both of our schools. So we are looking at 250 to one, 250 students for every mental health professional. So we are excited about the opportunity to build strong wraparound services. Uh, positive behavior intervention, interventions and support and restorative practices for all of our students in these schools with strong whole child support, more counselors and more um, mental health professionals for all of our students. Also with teacher support, so added days for professional learning um, and for support for the students. So for extended learning opportunities for our students in each of these schools. We want to increase the staff incentives. So we know right now we provide staff incentives for student, for teachers to stay at our AIS schools, but one of our proposals linked to new revenue was dramatically increasing that incentive for staff to be recruited and stay at our AIS schools and also for our leaders. So we are excited about that opportunity. And then the Louisville Teacher Residency, which has been so successful at bringing us teachers of color, we want them, <clears throat> excuse me, them to be in our schools as well in the West End Middle School and High School um, so that we have a pipeline of teachers who are excited and enthused about staying um, at these two schools and our other AIS schools. And then having very strong community partnerships. So expand our existing partnerships. We are going to challenge Metro government, nonprofits, uh, foundations to all be a part of this work at these two schools to ensure that we have the services and support that kids need. And then we've had constant communication with the Louisville University of Louisville, and they wanna be a part of this work with us uh, to attract students to the University of Louisville. So we would have a clear pathway from the West End Middle School 
to the academy at Shawnee High School, to the University of Louisville, where students would have a clear pathway in this community to be successful or to Simmons College of Kentucky. And so our desired outcomes are pretty clear. Without a doubt, we wanna increase our proficiency rates. Um, right now, what we know is our proficiency rates for students, whether they leave the community or stay close to home, is not acceptable right now. So there are many things we need to do. I want to be clear, student assignment is not, and student choice is not the only thing we need to do, but it is one thing that we need to do amongst many others to increase proficiency rates in a dramatic way. We must decrease chronic absenteeism. Um, that is a, a real problem right now across this nation, but in our community, when we have a third of our students missing 18 days or more of school. So we're gonna have to work hard to decrease that chronic absenteeism and increase that sense of belonging. Research is clear about increasing the sense of belonging increases a student's opportunities for success. And that is so important to do that. We believe at the Academy at Shawnee, we will have 100% transition readiness rate because of our Academies of Louisville program and the investment that we will put into the schools. And then without a doubt, increase the retention rate of our teachers and our leaders so our children see the same faces all the time and faces that look like them that stay um, and become better and better at what they do every single year. You are listening to Save Our Schools with Dear JCPS. I'm your host, Gay Adelman. You are listening to excerpts from this week's student assignment plan public forum that the district held on Tuesday evening. The video in its entirety is available on JCPS's YouTube channel. For those who may not have uh, time to go seek that out, we've uh, condensed it down for you to an hour-long radio program and podcast. So if you have any questions or would like to uh, ask us to follow up with the district on uh, some of your concerns that you're hearing or that you feel have not been addressed, please send us an email at uh, to moderator at dearjcps.com. That's M-O-D-E-R-A-T-O-R at dearjcps.com. And we now resume with the excerpts from Tuesday night's public forum regarding the proposed uh, JCPS student assignment plan. So I want to be clear about the investment that we are making. So first of all, the improvement strategies at the Academy at Shawnee and the middle school improvement strategies will be a yearly spend. The investment at Shawnee for the um, renovation and the investment to build a new middle school, you can see that's a one-time investment. So I wanna be clear, but once we get those buildings and the first year, this board's investment in West Louisville alone will be 91 mil, over $91 million, close to $92 million with a renovated academy at Shawnee and a brand new middle school. And I will be clear about this. When we bring the proposal to approve a student assignment plan, if we bring that forward and it has the board support, we will have on that same board agenda uh, the approval to build a new middle school in West Louisville. We could continue on and need an additional high school and another middle school as well in the next five years. And now as a result of our new revenue, we are poised to do that. Um, and so we will have the best facilities and the best programming by far. 
Um, and without a doubt, it is following Dr. Kendi's um, philosophy of those that have the least amount of resources in their home will have the most amount of resources in their schools as evidenced by the investment we are making. And so our timeline, once again, for the support, um, as we move into this, as you can see, we're expanding our high school supports right now, Shawnee facilities renovation. We are looking for the exploration part of middle school site. We already have it on our facilities plan that's been approved by KDE and our board. Um, so we've gotten past that. We will be looking for that, especially when our board approves the plan. We'll expand our high school supports next year. So excited to give these supports to the Academy at Shawnee next year. Uh, design our new middle school. So we'll be moving on that to get that up in 24 months. First year, if, if our board decides, it will be a decision at that point, whether we wait for the middle school assignment for the new brand new school, or we provide a temporary option with the services that I just outlined, where we implement the middle school support services. We're gonna monitor and adjust our high school services and begin middle school construction as soon as possible. And as you can see, 23, 24, brand new middle school and continue to monitor and adjust our high school supports. And so finally, this is an important part for me. We want to, um, as I said, with our additional revenue, we want to be held accountable for what we say we are going to do. And I know that is a concern uh, to ensure that we provide everything that we say we're gonna do. So we have put together a formative process and a summative process. With a formative process, we have a reflection of what has worked, the challenges we've encountered and the adjustments that need to be made to maximize student outcomes. That will be done publicly. That will be done in front of our board on a regular basis so that they know we are monitoring that. It is done publicly and we can get input um, from stakeholders as well. And then clearly having a summative process where that formative process um, ensures the plan is implemented with fidelity. But every year we have an internal review and every other year we have an external review that will bring to our Board of Education and to the public that says we are providing the supports and getting the outcomes that we said we were going to get. And that's going to be that added level of accountability, a yearly report that is public to our board and to the public so everyone can see clearly we are providing the supports that we know that we need to give them and we say we're gonna give them and that we're starting to get the outcomes um, that we desire. So I know that is a lot of me and a lot of talking and probably a lot of information at you at one time. Uh, but we're proud of the, the plan we put together. And once again, I want to reiterate um, the opportunity that we will continue to take feedback over the weeks to come and make adjustments as needed. At this time, I want to thank everybody and I will kick it back to Renee Murphy as we will start the question and answer portion of the program. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Polio. And I thank you for all that information. Lots of great information. All right, a reminder for who's with us from the community. We have Dr. Kish Price from the Louisville Urban League. We also have parents, uh, Laisa Allen and Casey Chase are with us. We have Principal Carla Colodi, who's with us from Bick Elementary School. We have Michelle Patrick, who is here with us from the NAACP. Uh, Kamaria Montgomery, who is a student. She's an eighth grader at Cameron Middle School. And we're also joined by Shamika Parrish Wright, who is with Kentucky Alliance. We'll just kind of do a round robin style We'll give everyone a chance to ask a question. And we'll start with you, Dr. Price from the Urban League. What is your question about the plan this evening? 
Yes, thank you for having us. Uh, my question is, how do you think white parents in the East End, the majority of white parents in the East End, would react if they found out that their children's reside schools were changing? Did this consideration weigh into how West End families would be impacted by this new plan, specifically if they would be able to remain, have their children to remain at their current reside school? Is there a grandfather clause built in? So uh, thank you, Dr. Price, for that question. And I also want to say at any point, I do want to not uh, dominate this discussion. So I'm happy for any of our board members uh, at any time who want to jump in. I can't see everybody, but uh, feel free to at any time. Uh, so that is a great question. That is something that this task force over the past two years has wrestled with significantly. Um, and so we have been um, very um, understanding about that. So first of all, we did not want anyone that is in a current middle or high school to, to not be able to stay in that school. So all of our students that are currently in a school will stay in that school. We are currently looking at a way that we know that uh, some families in West Louisville, their reside school could be changing. Um, and so, you know, they'll be getting an extra option with that. Um, but we do want to build in an opportunity for at least a one or two year buffer where, where families would still have that opportunity. We're working on the logistics of that. So um, we were, we're working to see if we can implement that in the plan with all of the transportation. At this point, we believe we can, um, but we, we want to give that opportunity. Um, one of the things that you know I have learned about history in 1976 um, was the first year of desegregation when all of our families in this community um, were a part of the busing plan that um, de uh, desegregated our schools. But in 1984, it was exclusively made to West Louisville. Um, and so from 1984 till 2020, um, it's only been those students that are in our satellite resides area, predominantly West Louisville, who have had to leave their community and it's not their choice. Um, and I believe any family in West Louisville, I mean, in East Louisville, if we made them do the same thing, they would not, uh, it would not fly or they would not be happy with that. And so that's why we are making this proposal. Um, we know there are some that could change, but I think the power of this plan, Dr. Price, is the fact that there is alignment now. Um, so many of our kids are going from Stewart Middle School to Ballard High School or Camerer Middle School to Valley High School. And, and that, um, I do not believe families in East Louisville or any other neighborhood um, would support that plan. So um, we are proud that at least we are correcting these errors and giving choice to families in West Louisville. Um, one question that we did have coming in, um, and Dr. Polio, I'll let you address this one. Uh, what are the new magnets? When we talk about replicating uh, popular magnet programs, which programs are we talking about? So we are looking at several new programs um, and um, I'll start it and then I'm gonna turn it over uh, to Cassie Blousey who can give a little bit more um, about specifics. So first of all, we've been very uh, open and honest about wanting to start a uh, music magnet school where every student um, gets music every single day and they come into kindergarten, they have, have no experience, no formal training. And by the time they leave fifth grade, 
They will be proficient musicians and we will have a diverse school that will represent uh, students from all over the community um, through that magnet lottery process. But I can't wait to see that music school uh, that will be located in West Louisville and will be very diverse and we will see our best musicians um, in future in this city as a part of that school. We know I said Lincoln Performing Arts. We want to replicate Lincoln Performing Arts uh, because we have so many student, elementary students who have not had that opportunity to go to El Pas. And so we want to replicate the performing arts. We want to replicate Brandeis Elementary. Um, that school will most likely be in the Newburgh area. Um, and once again, increase the diversity through this lottery, but that is a STEM school. Um, so really looking at science, technology, engineering, and math um, and replicating that. And then we have a real desire to create a um, IT high school, a magnet for, for students that is very diverse, for students who have a passion for IT, STEM, and coding, um, and really Nat would be nationally known for that work, every student. So a student doesn't have to have um, a certain level to enter that school of expertise. They just need to have a passion for it, and that's what we'll be looking for in these schools. Cassie, would you like to add anything about that? Thank you. So one of the other things that we're really trying to do is think much more strategically about new magnets and thinking about what the demand from the community looks like. And so that goes into building out a five-year plan around magnets and really thinking about the demand in, in terms of seats and applications and really looking across the community for community-specific answers to those uh, demands. And so that looks very different. And what we're trying to do is really build in a process where we're going to continually assess that um, demand from the community. And so it's really exciting because there's a lot of different um, innovative ideas out there um, that we are just at the beginning of uncovering. All right. Thank you very much, Cassie. All right. Miss Allen is with us. Hello, everyone. Um, I don't currently live in Russell anymore. I was displaced because of Beecher Terrace, and I do have every intention to move back into that area. But one of the things that I was curious about is how I think that the proposal, both proposals are great. In theory, I think that it is a wonderful idea. I hope that it is executed the way that it um, is stated that it will be executed. I guess my question is the magnet, the most of the schools that are doing well that are close to the West End with the um, shiny, I know that they're going through renovations and it's gonna be a while before they're actually up and running and performing at a level to where the children coming out of there are actually doing very well. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is I don't understand why the schools such as Central, Manual and those other schools, I understand that they have magnet programs there, but I feel like I don't understand why for the timeline you all have in place, why maybe 25%, and this includes the Brown, why about 25% of that school cannot be opened up for the children who live in West Louisville to be able to attend for the next however long your timeline is to help light a little fire up underneath people to understand that this is something we really want these new schools to be successful. We want these children to be successful. And we so believe in what we're doing that, you know what, we're going to open up about 25% to these kids in the West End to be able to go to one of these magnet middle schools down here 
uh, that are in the downtown area that are still close by because Shawnee's not going to be able to house them all if all of them did opt to go to a closer home, to a closer school. A lot of these children are capable of performing to those levels and the standards for those schools, but don't really have the opportunity to really get in them like a lot of other kids. I don't understand why the schools that are close to home aren't going to be, the best ones aren't going to be opened up for the kids in the community until we can get something better for them. Well, thank you for your feedback, Ms. Allen, and I'm sure our board members are, are hearing that, and we are too. There is no doubt that, um, you know, for the better part of many decades that our magnets, which really manual and central were established in 1984, um, and some other magnets along the way as well, whether that be Brandeis or Western Middle School, um, but our goal is that our magnets are more diverse, there is no doubt, and they reflect um, our population and serve those in the community as well. So that's not only the new ones we're talking about, that is moving our current ones um, to better reflect our population and serve those students um, in the neighborhoods in which they reside. Uh, so without a doubt, Ms. Allen, I think that's great feedback and, and we will take that into consideration. Thank you, Ms. Allen. Uh, Carla Colodi, who is the principal of Bick Elementary, is joining us now. She's been following uh, the proposal very closely. Carla, what is your question this evening? Good evening, Dr. Perlio and members of the board. Thank you for having me tonight. Um, so as you all know, um, staffing in the West End can sometimes be a challenge. And we all know that the person standing in front of our is the we have to make sure that they are the most capable, the highest educated um, educators that we have in our district. So outside of the stipends, what else is being done to make sure that we have the highest caliber teachers in front of our most vulnerable students? Thank you, Principal Pelodi. Thanks for the question and being here. And I'll say this, I think you have done a fantastic job of ensuring retention. Um, I think my first year was your first year, as I recall. And um, so we've gone through the battles together, but you have done a wonderful job retaining. And I th you, you kept most of your teachers, I believe, this year. That's correct, right? So great job for that. Um, and I want to reiterate, first of all, it's not just about stipends. That's not only thing that is there, um, but that's an important part of it. We need to ensure um, that especially those teachers who may be leaving their community and, and driving a long way, um, you know, and serving some of our high needs kids, that we honor that work. We honor the leaders because um, I was the principal at Doss High School and I know the challenge when you have 90% free and reduced lunch and a third of your students that are either on uh, ECE plan or an ELL plan, how challenging that can be around accountability. Um, when at that time I was priority and now it's CSI. Uh, but it's definitely culture as well. You know, so some of the things that we want to do is obviously um, this gets into our training of our principals. Um, and so as you know, and I knew when we went into our job that we were given the keys and hopefully said, hopefully you're, you're ready to go and, and you learned well, but training them and giving our principals the support they need to walk into our high need schools and turn them around or work with them immediately. Um, second of all, smaller class size. We know that smaller class size is important and that's a part of the plan as well. We know additional professional development. So respecting our teachers and saying, we're gonna give you the professional development you need and pay you to get that professional development. 
and giving that additional learning time for kids. And so, and, and the, that extensive wraparound services. So, you know, I know from being a principal in a high need school, sometimes you would have a kid walk into school and you know something happened the night before. Um, and I was going to put them in a chemistry class when I knew that they needed support right at that moment that we might not be able to provide. And so giving our schools the tools they need to provide those wraparound services for our kids. And I think all of that creates a, um, a place where teachers know they're doing the great work and they feel supported doing it. Um, and we will see high retention rates as a result from that. All right, thank you very much for that question. I'm gonna to go to a couple of questions that we have from our text line and one that was sent to us through social media. And um, I will pose this question to Cassie Blasey, who is with our um, Office of School Choice. Um, what is meant by a centralized lottery and how is this better than school-based? Right, so thank you for the question, it's really important. So as part of the transparency process, a couple of things that we have done that have moved away from old processes is actually centralized lottery in a way that makes it so that parents, especially um, those who have uh, gone through the magnet process, the magnet application process, can actually access a um, magnet wait list. And so because of that added transparency, we've actually gotten a lot of great feedback from parents that this makes, um, that this gives them information that they did not have so that they can make um, informed choices on their own about what may be the best school options. For example, if you're um, number 74 on a wait list, you can make better choices about where you think your student may be able to go if you realize that, you know, that school that I really, you know, put as my first choice, I, I might not be able to access one. So I'm going to look at other options. So by providing that information from a centralized location, we are better able to serve families more directly, more timely than families having to travel to individual schools or having to get information specifically from schools um, as they would have to in the past. Thank you very much, Cassie. Uh, we had this question come in to us through social media. Um, so we've had some questions about the, um, the talk about eliminating school initiated exits. And so this parent wrote in, why is the change to the magnet exit plan still being included when not all magnet programs enroll the same way, which makes changing the exit policy to be the same across the board unfair to some programs and students? Why not remove that piece until the district can first align all enrollment practices to make things fair? And so I will open that up to um, any of our, our team members, to Dr. Dossett or to Cassie Blossie or to Dr. Polio. So I'll start and then either one of them can jump in. And it, we have been, um, this board um, in several, as I said earlier, several of audits and reports that we have had specifically from Magnet Schools of America on best practices around magnets has been clear about what interest-based magnet means that you are going to a school because you are interested in that particular programming. And that in order to get in it, there is uh, equity across the board in accessing magnets. And that is in a clear and transparent uh, lottery system. And then those students uh, are not exited from that program. And so there have been multiple times where whether that's a local task force or a report given that that is the direction um, that this board has been given and we have been given, um, as are the best ways to conduct magnets. We've gone, looked at other cities who are doing it this way, um, and it is clear 
that those are best practices for magnets and really does put us in line um, for many of the Magnet Schools of America grants that will make our magnets so much better. Um, and so, you know, all of these are a part of that proposal. So I'll open it up uh, to either anyone else who wants to jump in. I'll just reiterate, in our conversations with our peer districts, we are actually an outlier in the sense that we still allow exits. And so I think that's really important to note. Uh, we will go now to Michelle Patrick, who is joining us this evening from the NAACP. Good evening to you, Ms. Patrick. What is your question? Will JCPS look at making other magnet schools in the West End a dual reside option? If not, can you explain why? Thank you, Ms. Patrick, for joining us. And I want to, um, from historical perspective, NAACP has had a very active role um, in every student assignment discussion in this community, I believe dating back to 1955. Uh, so we're glad to partner with you all at this time. And so at this point, um, our work will be that magnets within a school um, will be accessible to dual resides, but our magnet programs will be specifically lottery based, but we will base them on our specific categories of where students live. The one the two and the three, those attendance zones, so that we ensure that we have diverse enrollment in all of our magnets and we don't have magnets where they're not serving kids inside of that community. So it is clear that we are going to have uh, a music elementary school, if our board approves it, that we would like to have in West Louisville. But we want equal amounts of uh, the attendance zones one, two, and three uh, which would include a significant amount of students from West Louisville and from other parts of the community to achieve true diversity in our schools. So, All right, thank you. And Cassie, I'll open it up to you for a moment because this is a good time to remind the community uh, that right now we're in our registration and application uh, period that's going on right now. So uh, families that are new to the district or uh, families in those tra transition points in fifth and eighth grade can really take a look at their school choice options. Yes, and all that information is available on the website. Um, make sure if you are new to JCPS, you register and apply, especially our incoming kindergarten families. We're so excited to have you. Um, please make sure you um, also access uh, 485-6250 if you have any questions and you want to speak to someone directly. Thank you so much. And we couldn't have our showcase of schools that we typically have where we've got thousands of people that can come together all under one roof and uh, see all of your school choice options. So we've had to go virtual uh, this year. And so if you go to our website, you can see a full schedule of our virtual open houses that are going on uh, right now that are available for our families to explore. Thank you for joining us for this week's program. We will continue this conversation next week. Have a great day.